No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Nazi punks, fuck off. I thought we were gonna do the whole thing. Nazi <laughs> <laughs> punks, Nazi punks. Welcome uh, to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd, and all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name is Jesse. And welcome to the most punk episode of What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie today. That's Be- very rude to Doom Asylum. Um, and Return of the Living Dead, but you know what? We're following an actual punk band today. This is the most punk rock. That's, yeah. We are talking Green Room today. Yes. Um, if you're listening on opening day, tomorrow is Travis's birthday. Say happy birthday, Travis. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So because of that, I get to pick this uh, first movie of the month and Mm -hmm. I wanted to do Green Room because this is one of my all time favorite movies. Yes. It was like an instant top 10 whenever we watched it for the first time. Yeah, as the credits were rolling in the theater, Travis goes, that is one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Yep, and it's still there <laughs> this many years later, so pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, so um, we'll be talking about that, but before we get into that, Jesse, do you have any announcements? Um, I have a couple. One is that if you are a member of our budget tier Patreon, or if you're a future member of our budget tier Patreon, mm-hmm. wink, wink, haha, <laughs> um, we released our July bonus episode, and we just did like an actual another movie review episode, and it was on Never Hike Alone, Friday the Thirteenth fan film mm-hmm. by yep. Womp Stomp Films. That's a lot of fun. Uh, if you are a patron and you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. It's posted by now, mm-hmm. and if you're not a patron and you're interested, I mean, try it for a month. See if it if it tickles your fancy in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was really cool. You know, it's nice going back to Friday the Thirteenth, and it's uh, that's just a surprisingly good movie. And then also, while we're talking about Patreon, we are sitting here with our brand new mic stands yeah. today. So that's really nice. This is a lot more comfortable, and that is the type of thing that we are doing with our Patreon funds. Yeah, trying to use it all to like, like actually improve the show. So you yes, know, this is a quality of life improvement for us here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right, cool. So um, I guess if you got that, I've got our poll results. Yes, I mean you always have our poll results, but it's true. You know, especially today. <laughs> yeah, especially today. Okay, so last week. We wrapped up our Scream coverage, so we talked about Scream 6, and uh, our final poll was, okay, so here's the premise, y'all. Zep, you're Jesus. (laughs) Who are you resurrecting? (laughs) Who do you bring back from the franchise? So our four options are Stu, Jill, Dewey, or Casey Becker. So... And thanks, everybody, for participating in this one. I think I, I like this poll a lot, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, discussion happening yeah. with it. So um, on Instagram, 39% want Stu back. 7% want Jill back. 39% want Dewey back. And 14% want Casey back. Okay. On Twitter, 41% want Stu back. 15, uh, 15% want Jill back. 41% want Dewey back. 3% want Casey. Okay. So it's a it's a tie between Dewey and Stu on both platforms. Here's the thing. I'm trying to think of what would be the most believable. 
Yeah, so believable-wise, I think... It's between Stu and Jill. Yeah, between those two. However, I will say, um, Mr. Joe Freakatron himself brought up a good point that with Casey, the possibilities are endless. Like, she's a fresh character. She could be a ghost face. She could be part of the core four or, like, the new group. Mm. You know, like, she's flexible as a character. You don't have her set up for that. I guess that's true. Yeah. But, but I think making sense-wise, yeah, it's just between Jill and Stu, especially since Stu has always kind of been hinted at, or not hinted at, but, like, expected. Fan-theoried to Fan-theoried, death. yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, there were, you know, some scripts that did have him coming back, but... Yeah, and Jill, I mean, we got Kirby, or Gerby, I guess we should say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um... Because, yeah. you know, that would also be a really interesting dynamic now that Gerby is back into the Scream universe. Yeah, um, if Jill comes back as Ghostface again. I want to see that interaction. Exactly. Like, I want Gerby to be like, what the fuck? We were best friends. I mean, they're like, I mean, so Sydney doesn't want to be part of these movies anymore? Okay, I'm Jill. I'm like the other Sydney. So, like, yeah, let's do it. I'm the one that actually went Ghostface for the people that want that out there. I went legit. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, I guess... I mean, really, I, w- I want Dewey because he's, he's my favorite. Boy. He's my boy. But I think if I were to choose for like a story perspective, I think Joe would be dude. cool. <laughs> Poor Dewey, dude. I hope we get his theme again in the next movie. I know. Like, just some way to. Yeah, just something. Okay. That's it. Okay. All right. So let's talk about Green Room, everybody. Oh, boy. Okie dokie. So, Green Room premiered. May 17th, 2015 at the Cannes Director's Fortnight. So not the film Whoa, festival. Whoa, okay. That's not how I expected that sentence. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody thinks it's the film festival. This one's just two weeks of directors, I guess. <laughs> uh, so the wide release, though, it was uh, almost a year exactly. It was May 13th, 2016. Mm-hmm. We watched it on our Blu-ray because... You know, have it on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to watch it as of right now, which it's the end of July currently. So this so. could very easily change. Yeah, but I mean, I looked at Max and I didn't see this one leaving next month. Okay. So, you know, it should still be there. Yeah. Our we, buddy Max. Our buddy Max, our buddy yes. Max. Once again, pulling through for us. He can uh, stream it for you. Or I guess like Canopy for those of you who are able to do that is on there and DirecTV for people who still have DirecTV. Also Hulu Premium and Prime Premium. Yeah, so the add-ons to those you can get it also. Um, But if you would rather just rent it, you can rent it for $1.99 at Redbox or if you want Amazon Vudu or Apple, it's $2.99. It's worth two or three dollars yeah totally. absolutely yeah it's worth owning honestly yes. but if you want to try it first then yeah like that's a small price to pay for it written and directed by jeremy Salner, music by brooke and will blair and special effects makeup done by i got the studio here which is prosthetic renaissance okay but the main guy that did like the most of were at least one thing i know for sure that he did was the little puppet that is one of the pit bulls Oh my god! One of the pit bulls is a puppet. Yeah, that's oh. how they were able to do like the biting of um, oh. fuck uh, tiger. I was gonna say I was gonna say tiger and Sam both yeah. get bitten. So. I get into that here in a little bit, but yeah, he's the one that did that, and he's the owner of the studio. Okay. All right. So the cast for this we have Aaliyah Shawkat as Sam, Joe Cole as Reese, Callum Turner as Tiger, Imogene Poots. Imogen. Okay, look, I've got 
And I, I just want everybody to listen to this too because I looked up how to pronounce it, and this guy I feel like is like saying it. He he says it three times, and it's almost like yes, that is her name. Her name is Poots. It goes like this: actress and model Imogen Poots. Okay. Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots. I was still correct about Imogen. Imogen so. Poots. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's like, yes, she did poot. Poots. She did poot. Yes. Unfortunate name. <laughs> Let's move past it, everybody. <laughs> I'm sure she's had enough of that already. <laughs> David W. Thompson plays Tad. Mark Weber plays Daniel. Megan Blair plays Gabe. Uh, Patrick Stewart plays Darcy. And Anton Yelchin plays Pat in his last theatrical re- release before he passed away, unfortunately, in 2016. He is so young. Yes. His is one of those weird freak accident deaths that it's just super, super unfortunate. And in a fun little crossover, since Patrick Stewart's in this movie, uh, Anton Yelchin was in some of the newer Star Trek movies. Yeah. I feel like that's where most people know him, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, to me, I'm like, no, he, that shit's Pat. That's, yeah. The dude <laughs> in the green room, the bass player. <laughs> Ain't right. Have you never heard of him? <laughs> All right. Time to play our favorite game. Budget, budget or, or Bugted. What do you say? Budget. Bud- you think it's budget? Yeah. This is a Bugted. Oh, shit. It is A24. This is a rare. Okay. A24 usually do not share their budget, but this is a rare one where they have it. And the budget on this one was five mil. Wow. Really? I know. Like, I was super shocked at that, too. It looks really good for a five million dollar movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is mostly like one location. Yeah, true. Um, opening box office was $87,984 and okay. the worldwide gross $3.7 million. Wow. Yeah, it did not make its budget back, Oh, man, that is really, like, painful to hear. This one had a lot of buzz, too, whenever it came out because I remember hearing about it and I was like, you know what? Like, it sounds interesting. Let's go check it out. And then when I saw it, it actually hit theaters, you know. Yeah. Like, we when I think it maybe was, like, a limited release i don't think it was like super wide it was like one of those ones where it's only like regal yeah 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 imdb score of seven out of ten okay i will you know that's really high for a horror rating on imdb yeah it really is yeah okay got three movies two of them very fitting if you ask me the third one just makes sense for production reasons (laughs) but uh the first movie is the devil's candy Okay, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because of the Thematically music. appropriate. Yeah. Um so that released September thirteenth, two thousand fifteen at the Toronto International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. It's at wide releases way later. But budget do not have. But I have the worldwide gross and it made seven hundred and seventy two thousand three hundred nineteen dollars. If you all haven't seen Devil's Candy, go watch that. It's, I think it's Sean on Byrne. Right now. Yeah, it's Sean Byrne, same guy that did Loved Ones. Mm-hmm. It like we were we sat in silence for a solid thirty seconds after it ended and we were just like that what just happened? That was it's amazing. Solid. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't I want to watch it again. Man. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Uh IMDB six point four. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um I think it deserves higher, but considering probably a ton of people haven't seen it. Yeah, true. I would say it deserves higher than that. Too. Yes. All right, second movie. Deathgasm. Yeah! yeah. That came out October 2nd, 2015. Budget of maybe at least $200,000. I know that because 
they were able to win the uh, Make a Horror Movie Challenge in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. They submitted it, and they got $200,000 from the government to make the movie. Yes. So This is the movie that um, my mom just calls the one with the dildos. Yeah, the one with the dildos, mm-hmm. yeah, which is true. There's a big dildo fight in this. Yes. Uh, it's like a heavy metal band thing. This one actually has like some other ties to Green Room, which I'll get into in the fun facts. Okay. Yeah, okay. but like the whole premise of this is like they play the thing and it summons like the demons or whatever. Yeah. Like they play like a certain song. Summons the demons or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. All right. That um, grossed $14,685 and it has a 6.3 on IMDb. Also deserves higher. Yeah, totally. And the third movie, um, I just picked another A24 at this point because it was the only thing that, you know, also made sense. The Witch. The Vivitch. That actually had a trailer at the beginning of our DVD. Yeah, Or Blu-ray, excuse me. I remember the trailer for that was like, it had me pretty hyped whenever it happened. And then the movie happened. Then there was only 30 (laughs) seconds of an actual witch and you were pissed. Yeah, then everything else happened and it wasn't (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, other movie. That came out January 23rd, 2015 uh, at the Sundance Film Festival. Budget, uh, $4 million. Worldwide gross, $40.4 million. IMDb of seven also. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One tagline for this. Now, whatever you saw or did is no longer my concern, but let's be clear. It won't be, or it won't end well. Okay. That's, I think, just a Darcy quote. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a Darcy line. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty solid. Like, you know, that's a good line to have to, like, kind of grab your attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. You can make it better, though. Like, shorten it, at least, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Dude. So... I want some fun facts, Travis. Oh, fun Give me fa- oh, some shit. fun facts. It is fun facts time. Fun facts. You, you're you just ready to move on because we don't have any fun facts for Never Hike Alone. That's right. I'm all thrown off right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so fun facts about this one. So this film is a result of Jeremy Sauner wanting to do a movie about a green room. Uh, he had been wanting to do it for a long time. Well, he also insists on having colors in his movie titles. That's true, and he, um, I think somebody asked him about that. I was like, you did Blue Ruin, you did Green Room. Like, are you doing like a color theme trilogy thing here? And he's like, no, I'm just, that's just the names, man. Like, I, it makes sense with this because Green Room is actually I was gonna like a say, room. It actually makes sense, yeah. whereas in Blue Ruin, it's just like, okay, well, this is like moody. That was the color <laughs> of that ruin, yeah. It was very blue. Um, So, yeah, he is actually, he has experience as a, um, a musician. He was in a punk band that toured, and he actually went to shows like this. He he was in yeah. the Virginia scene. He said so, not the Portland, but he said anytime his band would go. Oh, so he's probably like that. Like Arlington, actually, uh, line is yeah. probably. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet you're right. Yeah, like has something there, <laughs> yeah. like personal to him. Um, Lots but, of people probably were like, "Oh, you're one of the DC bands, Arlington." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, yeah, they would uh, go to the DC shows, and they noticed that there, the population, like, you would see these like skinheads and Nazis, like, just out in broad daylight at matinee shows, like, and they like had an impact on him. He's like, "Yeah, it's like a more fucked up crowd out there." Um, so he drew inspiration from that and wanted to tell that story, captured that type of energy in a film. He actually did make a short film 
based off of that in 2007 that he said it was a long loss, so there's no way for us to get <laughs> it. But he made it for a 48-hour film fest. Um, set in the green room. This is how it relates to Deathgasm in another way. So it was based on a metal band going to the green room and playing a record backwards. And by doing so, it ended up mm. summoning a demon. Okay. So, uh, and he describes it. He's like, yeah, it didn't really take itself seriously. It was more of a, um, like a dark hammy comedy. Okay. So, yeah. And then he said. So like Deathgasm. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but he said um, when he actually had the opportunity, he wanted to like give it like a real try. So he did this movie with that. Oh, he certainly achieved. Yes, he did. <laughs> Patrick Stewart picked the project. He said um, somebody like Patrick Stewart is not somebody that you get because somebody asked him how he managed to get him. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't, we don't get him. He picked us. Yeah. And he happened to join their, uh, like his manager's service at the same time the movie started being filmed. And it's actually like a super late edition. They cast him seven days before he did his filming. I read that he got the script and he was reading it at his house and his house is kind of like isolated mm-hmm. and he got really freaked out reading it. And he yeah. was like, the script is so powerful. He wanted to come on and be a part of it. That's what I read too. And they said that he like closed the curtains and just like hid. And I'm like, <laughs> Patrick, this is about like fucking punk rockers at a Nazi venue. Like, is that what type of environment you are in right now <laughs> listen he's been playing a uh, deputy director uh what's his face on american dad for years he's, he's got a range he's been dude. in the goofy scene for a while that's true <laughs> he, that's a cool thing though he's he's got range and he actually wanted to do this after doing his um like professor x roles in x-men because he wanted something different he wanted yeah. like, a challenge and what kind of challenge is there to play a super despicable nazi <laughs> i like that was probably one of the biggest pieces of cognitive dissonance for me watching this movie. Every time we watch it, because I'm like, but it's Patrick Stewart. I know. Like, I get it for a lot of people because I'm not a Star Trek dude. I never really got into it, so I never saw that. The X-Men movies, I didn't really care for them either. So I didn't really, I never really had like him tied to a certain face. Like seeing him in this, he felt natural to me. But I can totally see somebody seeing the dude from Star Trek and be like, he's a Nazi. Like, am I supposed to believe that? <laughs> Yeah, doesn't make sense. Um, so his joining actually sparked a lot of support. It kind of gave the whole production like a sense of legitimacy. Yeah. And it kind of got everybody kickstarted and they ended up using that energy to make everything going forward. Okay. Um, I think it's funny that he made Macon Blair audition for his role. Uh, Macon Blair is the guy that is in every movie that he's in. He said yeah. that it's like he's one of his best friends. Like he puts him in everything. He was in he was the lead in both of his uh, previous films. So yeah, and he's like, when I wrote this one, I couldn't really see him as a Nazi. I couldn't see him as a punk rocker. So I made him audition for it. He's also said he's anti nepotism, so he doesn't want to like gift him the roles just because he's his friend i could also just see him like giving him a hard time yeah like <laughs> like because i feel like that's what i would do i'd be like you're gonna need to audition <laughs> oh, man. yeah yeah just yeah it's kind of funny though um all the eight rights all the people that play them knew how to actually play their instruments mm-hmm. um anton and Aliyah actually knew how to play their respective instruments but um, the guy that played Reese, uh, Joe Cole, learned how to play drums. 
And Tiger, he just, you know, Callum just sang. Like he sang. That was my twang right there coming out. <laughs> Damn, that doesn't happen often. Yeah, that's a very, that was a very rare <laughs> Travis Appalachian Ooh. moment. Um, in honor of his birthday, let's Sign, all give baby. him a round of applause. The paintball story was real. It's something that actually <laughs> happened to Jeremy when he was a kid. I was um, going to say that feels like a real story. Rick Silva is a real person, but real name, Rick Spears. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a Reddit AMA, Jeremy revealed that Pat has two Desert Island bands. Um he will not reveal one of them, but he did reveal the first one, which was hinted in the movie because at the end when he's actually going to try and tell um, Amber what his uh, band is, she's like, I don't fucking care. And then it cuts to what band? What song was playing? You asked me the name of them. Remember? He's like, can you remember who these guys are? What song was it? I don't remember. Like, I literally can't. Oh, Creedence Clearwater yeah. Revival! Yeah, that's my boy, Pat! That's one of his uh, <laughs> Desert Island bands right there. He confirmed that much, but he said that he whispered the second one to Yelchin on set. That way, the only only the two of them will ever know. I'm glad we is. at least got one of them. I know, me too. It was cool to have that confirmed. And I like that they do have like a canon of what it is, mm-hmm, but yeah. we get to keep it mysterious. I Maybe this is a controversial yet brave take. Um, I don't love it when a writer, like be it for a movie, song, book, mm-hmm. what have you, is like, oh, um, I can never say what this secret thing is. Um, and like you can tell that they don't actually have an idea of what it is. Yeah. Like I like that it's, you know, there is actual like desert island bands and it is a special thing between them it's like when you make like a bible for your film like mm-hmm. you have like all the lore yeah. that you can reference and it kind of influences like performances and stuff it's it's a good thing to like make good real characters yeah okay cool that's it that's my fun facts okay all right so, so now we go into good bad ugly and absurd that's right and it's your turn to kick it off okay what do you like about them um I, lo- I love that it's in a punk setting. Um, I don't necessarily love the punk setting um, that they're in, but yeah, like I like that it's following a punk band. Yeah. Um, and I like that they're like it. It feels authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how real the like band feels together. It's also one of those that like there's little hints to how long they've been doing this. Like they have a shared cell phone plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where Sam makes that comment where she's asking Reese who he's calling. He's like, it's not your business. She goes, well, I pay the phone bill. Yeah. Like I <laughs> like that we get like that little bit there. Like so we know that they are really close. They have a big history. Yeah. Um, I think that's really nice. There is not a minute of this movie that is wasted. True. We yeah. were talking about this last night. It is such a tight story Super. and there are so many details. And there are things that I catch every time watching this mm-hmm. um which you would think because this is a pretty straightforward story but there's like a lot there's a lot of scheming going on yeah like a lot of hidden details that you don't really think about yeah so oh. I, I i really like that i think it's just a really solid movie and the soundtrack is pretty awesome fuck yeah dude yeah that's the um that's another cool thing about this like 
Another reason why this is a good birthday episode is Jesse bought me the soundtrack to this mm-hmm. for one of my birthdays a few years ago. I got it for you on CD because yeah. at the time that was the only way you could listen to music in your and car. You know what? It was cool. Like it's actually really cool. They actually know how to perform these songs and like yeah, it feels real. Um, okay, so yeah, I like the tension in this. I think this movie, like it once it gets going, it doesn't stop. Oh God, sorry. Can I say? Yeah. So one of the things about this movie that like really gets to me that like really the horror of it is how fucking real it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I ooh, white supremacists just scare the shit out of me because they are like they're it's so insidious, like they they operate in such insidious ways. Yeah. Um, you know, like he was talking about with them just being out in broad daylight and like shit. I remember one time we were going to Thursday night live, you know, like dorky family friendly fun. Yeah. Like cover um, bands go out there to play. And we are walking across the street and we look over and see somebody also walking across the street with an SS tattoo. And I was like, yeah. oh, oh. I like immediately think I was like, we need to get as far away from them as possible. Yeah. That's shit is super unsettling when you see it like that. Yeah. Especially just like so brazenly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to add like that. This is like a legitimately terrifying movie no. to me because it is an actual grounded premise. Like, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's one of the best things about this movie is the authenticity. Like the dude, you can tell he actually knew what he was telling a story about. He said like when he was writing, he's like, yeah, like I didn't really have to like develop on it. Like I just went there because it came from all like within. And it like easy. Listening to punk and metal, like one of the first things I do when I discover a new band is like I Google them and I'm like, all right, I don't want to get invested in your music and find out, um, you know, you've got some unsavory ideologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's scary. Yeah. Um, I like the chemistry between everybody. I think it's, um, yeah, like you said, the band members all seem like actual friends. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they actually spent time with each other offset and stuff. They probably had to have actual band practice in addition to their other rehearsals. I remember reading one time, um, I think like at the rap party or something, they all like as a band, like perform the songs together. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. It is kind of cool. Um, I like the gore in this, um, Mm. even though it's minimal, it's effective every time it's used. Like when you see his arm get chopped off, it looks so fucking real. Whenever you see tiger get his neck bitten, it's just fucking realistic and gnarly it's gross but it's used in like a good way yeah um i think patrick stewart is fucking great in this like he brings such an energy to the performance that is unsettling it's like that calm but like confident sinister like you understand why everybody is terrified of him yeah it's just insane and obviously i think anton yelchin and uh imogen do really well too yeah imogen poots i like them as like um like the surviving too i like that she's a very morally gray character because like yeah. she's still very much like she says she's not a nazi but she very much oh then she starts to like prescribes it, to the nazi ideology she starts to explain it but it kind of like is in the background and then it gets cut off and she's like it's a problem where i grew up i'm like really like, and like <laughs> again that's the thing though is that's how like neo-nazi groups work like yeah. they prey on people who have like vulnerable 
yeah, like they have a vulnerability due to something in their past and they twist it to like fit, you know, the white supremacist ideology. Like yeah. it's Dangerous. sinister. Yeah. 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 Fuck those guys. Um, okay. Bad. Um, I don't like the predominant use of the dogs. It makes me sad. Yeah. I don't really like it either. Um, I, I it, like it's complicated because the dogs are technically part of the bad guys, but they don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's fucked up. And seeing like, this dog mourn this despicable person is just like, would you call it bad? though? I feel like that's more of an ugly because like it's part of like the whole thing mm. is just to show how big like a piece of shit these people are. Yeah, like, they're fucking terrible people. Um, really, I don't have a bad for how not, the movie there's is done. Really, nothing I can think of that's bad about it. Really, like it's tight, man. It's Fuck. tight. It doesn't over-explain things. It doesn't like, yeah, it doesn't linger on anything. Like, like you said, everything, every shot is used for something mm-hmm. for the film. Yeah, it's good. Uh, shit. Okay, yeah. Uh, absurd. Wait, ugly. Well, ugly is the dogs. Ugly is the dogs. Ugly is also like just the, the general way that these groups work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this great story. I don't know how true it is, but the like thought behind it is true uh, about this person that was sitting at a bar and somebody came in and the bartender was immediately like, no, I'm not serving you. Get out. And the guy's like, why'd you do that? And he goes, some of those patches indicate he is part of a neo-nazi group white supremacist mm-hmm. group whatever terminology you want to use it all means the same thing yeah um he's like and yeah maybe he wasn't bothering anybody but that's how these groups work one person comes in they're able to be comfortable here they're not causing a fuss it's fine so the next time they bring one of their friends and then their friend brings another friend and soon you have a nazi bar <laughs> yeah and you don't want that you don't want that like and it like it's a problem like any place in town like but that's how you become friendly with the nazis mm-hmm. that's how you become friendly with them and that's how your establishment becomes you gotta draw a, a nazi friendly establishment yeah and that's like an easy line to draw right mm-hmm. there yeah hmm. that's a yeah that's a, that's true and the fact that this is like an actual like this is their home base like and it's not just where they have like shows and parties like he's talking about workshops that they're having he's like it's not a party it's a movement people and that's scary and it's especially scary because in our local subreddit this morning somebody was posting they got a flyer from a local aryan group oh that was here in town yes yeah yeah man like shit like that is terrifying and i don't like that we live in a society where stuff like that can creep in yeah Shit, dude, that's scary to think about. Too. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now we can do absurd. Okay. <laughs> um, what is absurd about this? I think it's absurd that there is a like a ticket for a diner in the middle of the day, which on I'm gonna assume is on a weekday. <laughs> that to me is absurd. All I can think of is um, 
this local Mexican restaurant that has mariachi every Friday. And when we're there, it is so exciting because we get really pumped with the mariachi music, but it's also so loud. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just like picturing being in that diner and like, I don't know, maybe you're like hungover or something yeah. and like just yeah. trying to eat your hash browns. Yeah, you go there for like the greasy food <laughs> to recover from the like the night out last night and then you got fucking tiger screaming punks music. What have I become? <laughs> Turn that shit off. <laughs> What's yours? Um Oh my god. Okay, so my absurd is probably um my absurd is that uh, image of Tad with his giant ass mohawk and his studded leather jacket vacuuming his apartment. <laughs> yeah, like, I love that. Man. I love that. I love that. He's like a, he seems like a genuine dude. Yeah, it reminds me. There's this song and it's got a line and it's like it fills me with joy to see moshers out jogging because it's like yeah. yeah, like you know people do have like other things in their life and I like that we see that side of the punk scene too. Like it's a brief glimpse into it. Yeah. But I like that it's there. I like it too. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um. So let's go on with the ratings. And what do you give this? Ten. Ten. ten? Yeah. Yeah. This is a ten. Come on, man. <laughs> this movie's fucking awesome. Can't even like think of a bad thing about it. Yeah. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. So ten out of ten. Boom. All right. So they wake up in a van. Yes. The van is in the cornfield. Um. And they're like, okay, cool. And Tiger's like, shit, I must have fallen asleep. <laughs> and Sam's like, mm, my phone's fully charged. Did you kill her? Because they realize they're out of gas mm -hmm. in this cornfield. And she goes, oh, my phone's fully charged. Did you kill the battery too? And Tiger goes, do you hear the radio? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Tiger's not a morning person. Mm -hmm. Fucking snark right there. <laughs> Man, that's fucking scary too. Like, that's the thing about bands. Like, you know, especially smaller bands that do all of the touring themselves. Mm-hmm. Just falling asleep, trying to make it to the next gig. God, just, that's scary. Luckily, there's a cornfield there. Driving tired is almost is almost statistically worse than driving drunk. That's what um the Garden song A and B M trucks about. Like it's actually about them oh, like shit. driving on their tour and almost like swerved into one of those trucks and died. Yeah. So yeah, um, Pat and Sam. Sam decide that they're gonna go to a nearby roller rink. That's eight miles? nearby. It's eleven, 11 miles. miles. They're biking. Mm -hmm. Pat is. I wonder if Sam biked on the way back. Oh, it's an ice rink. Never mind. And it's a rink. Yeah, we just know it's a skating rink, and they don't know if it's roller or ice. And Tiger and uh, Reese is like, <laughs> um, ice skaters kick more ass. No, hockey players kick hockey ass. Hockey players yeah. kick more like, ass. So I'm like, I like that they're like weighing the options. Like, okay, so we might get the shit kicked out of us if we go there, but you also could get some weenies learning how to rollerblade. But what if it's roller derby practice? Roller derby could be pretty, yeah. pretty kick-ass. That's their entire sport is just That's like true. running into each other full force. Why is it that those sports gravitate towards the violence? Because hockey also just has straight up fights. Um, I think it's like the momentum you get with the speed. Just the heated. Like, yeah, like you're the like, refs. Like <sighs> even to the point the refs are like, we get it. Like you yeah. guys actually can do this. So yeah, like it. there's a certain amount of fighting allowed before you're put in the penalty box. Yeah. Okay, so they have a little bike, and I like their setup there because Pat is biking and Sam is just kind of sitting on the back, just staring out. Um. They make it there, they siphon off the gas, and they go back. Mm -hmm. They push their van or van off and they're off again. 
Yeah. So they're staying at Tad's for the night because he is going to be interviewing them for the local college radio show. Seaside HC, Seaside HCFM interview. Yeah. Breakfast with Champions. That's yes. the name of his show. And yeah. I like that. I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a fun thing for like a punk show interview. Like you wouldn't expect that. Yeah. And he talks about how they're kind of hard to find. Um, and it's because they're real punk. <laughs> they're yeah. like, yeah, we don't believe in social media. We think you lose something when you go virtual. You lose the music. Texture. Yeah, music is about energy. It's about a shared experience. Um, it can't last. You can't contain it. It's there and it just disappears. Yeah. I like this. It's like a really deep way. To, and it's kind of true when you think about it. Like, yeah, you can't really recapture that energy. And I mean, and it sounds kind of pretentious. And there is a part of me that's like, but I like having being able to kind of relive that experience in my head like ocs come on and mm -hmm. i just think about like the font scene, stage dude. yeah at shaking knees and like i'm instantly back there that was one of the more punk rock yeah sets i've ever been to like it was awesome so it's nice being able to do that but i also kind of get like they're sticking true to their principles and like what their music's about yeah you gotta respect it ironically we did not respect this. We actually have the soundtrack. Yeah, we it's do. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, Tad asks them what their desert island bands are. Okay, so I'm going to get some of the ones that I managed to write down. They went through really fast. Yeah, they and did. We were so into the movie that we didn't do a ton of pausing and rewinding for once. I've only got Tigers. Okay. He misfits. Got, yeah, and The Damned. And The and Damned. Like, ah, fuck it, just Misfits. Um, I missed what Reese said, but I heard Sam say Chromax. Someone threw out Steely Dan. Somebody says Britney Spears. Steely Dan is Reese. Okay. Yeah. And somebody said Britney Spears, too. I like that. They're yeah. actually giving honest answers here. Yeah. Like, they're not giving, like, the, you know, I'm a fucking punk rocker, so I got to give a punk band yeah. type of answer. Well, and that's, I think, what Pat's doing, because he's, like... He's overthinking it. Yeah, he is definitely overthinking it. It's a gut thing. Come on, dude. Deep down. Yeah. Na, 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 na. Yeah. <laughs> I would it, respect. Like, I would respect the hell out of some credence. Like, I know. Yeah. Dude, fuck yeah, they rock. Um. So they're like, should we plug the show? When is this airing? And Tad's like, yeah. The city pulled my permit the last time we used the rec call. There was some vomiting, fecal some matter. fecal matter. <laughs> um. So he um. Yeah, he doesn't have a show for them there, but he's hooked them up something somewhere else. It's a early like matinee show or whatever. He'll get them to cover whatever. Yeah. And then it cuts to them playing like a hardcore punk set in a diner. <laughs> like a Waffle King or whatever. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's funny. They're like rocking and they're finishing their song Toxic Evolution. And then uh, like there's a guy filming on the cell phone. Tiger's like, turn that shit off. <laughs> it's so cool. You can't capture that shit. Yeah. And they're like. Matt, they get six dollars each, six eighty eight if you just round up. That's even um, with Tad's. Yeah, take of with the Tad's. Tab. Yeah, Tad gives them their portion, and Reese like puts them in a chokehold for a second. He's like, "We drove ninety miles out of our way." Yeah, and like Sam's like, like, "All right, we've got enough for one tank of gas, and we'll siphon the rest of the way back to DC." Yeah, the tour's over. Yeah, bear in mind they are in Oregon. Mm -hmm. They are literally going across the country. So um, he's like, "All right, well, I might be able to get you another show." Uh, my cousin, I have a connection with my cousin. Um, he's like, "You're gonna have to go a little bit closer to Portland, but you'll get three hundred fifty dollars minus your tab." Um, and he says it's mostly boots and braces, yeah. right wing. Um, so he's 
don't go political. Um, it's like play your earlier stuff. Yeah, play your earlier stuff. The heavier <laughs> stuff. He's like cousin Daniel is cool. Um, and here's the thing. <laughs> this is where this movie gets a little bit sticky for me because they're maybe they don't fully realize how bad the scene is there, but also they are knowingly going into well this venue. And like Reese says, like there's somebody like that at every, every show. show. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of a how much did they know? How much are they willingly going along with? Because I do think there's a little bit of that complacency as well. Uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of like what we're talking about. Like, you let one Nazi into the bar, it becomes a Nazi bar. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though Tad downplayed it, yeah, you're still accepting that there are going to be some there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as they're <laughs> leaving, Reese goes, sorry, I almost obliterated you, man. It's cool, dude. I, that's like one of my favorite like <laughs> yeah lines <laughs> dude like reese is fucking like he's a straight up trained mma dude yeah he's like he's got like his hair combed over and a neatly trimmed beard and you see him and he looks the least punk out of the rest of the group because he wears his little khaki pants and his i feel like that's the that's the case for a lot of drummers you know i feel like the drummers never really like vibe with the rest of them like you've seen arctic monkeys matt Hodders usually has like uh track pants on (laughs) yeah I mean, I'd probably wear something like track pants if I was a drummer. I want yeah, as much movement as I can get. Exactly. Yeah, you got to dress for the occasion. All um, right. They're so, driving in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just need to talk about this moment. Yeah. Um, because Reese is like, Reese and Pat are in the back. Tiger and Sam are up front. And Reese goes, hey, Pat, I need to tell you something I've never told you. I've never told anyone for that matter. And Pat's like, oh, shit, what is it? It's a fart joke. Yep. It's just he farts. Yep, it's good. Um, and I love like that this maybe as serious as it is can throw in a perfectly natural seeming fart joke. Well, it's making them relatable. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're getting like a sense of them being their actual selves and comfortable. They're kind of happy. They got like a new show, so yeah, yeah, it's so. good. Um, they're admiring the artwork that Tad did for their show though, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucking sweet. Like. It's the one that's canceled, so it's kind of meaningless. But you know, at least they get to keep it for promo for other shit. Yeah, um, and then they like pull over for the night. They're just drinking by a fire by the river. And where'd they get this beer, dude? Like they're so fucking broke. Well, they're broke after they get their beer. I guess. Yeah, I guess <laughs> they pulled together those six bucks and got some shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they had enough money for a tank of gas, maybe they just got half a tank to get to Portland and. Siphon the rest of the way. Yeah. yeah siphon up from the Nazis. Um, so they get there. They are on the marquee is the art rights. The art rights. I fucking love it. Um, right, so they arrive there. Um, and they say, oh, your cousin Dan. And he goes, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, then, and then uh, there, he's like, you do not mention my girl. Yeah. Because anything about that. Yeah. Tiger brings it up. Yeah. Because Tad is like, I got a vacuum because my cousin and his girl are coming to stay with me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which really kind of lends the whole like maybe they don't understand how bad this situation really is because tad didn't think anything about his cousin and his cousin's girlfriend coming to stay with him yeah. didn't realize the implication is that he is leaving a violent cult <laughs> i like that they were laying the groundwork for that right there though yeah you know it was kind of nice uh um, so they go they uh are walking through and getting like their shit put into the green room um, um, can't leave it out in the hallway because it's a fire hazard. So. Yeah, and there's a bunch of swastikas mm-hmm. and Confederate flags and other stuff. 
in there and it made me think of that really uncomfortable house showing we went to a few years ago where we went downstairs oh, yeah. and confederate flag wall size confederate flag yeah that was and like wild. the two of us and the realtor were just like uh, okay yeah. then <laughs> yeah all right so they're in the green room they're seeing all that shit so pat is like okay i've got an idea he's got i've got a really dumb idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that he did I this i love though. this and this is fucking punk rock man yeah they go out there and the first song they play is dead kennedy's nazi punks fuck off mm-hmm. i love that the movie played it in its entirety yeah i love that we see the crowd getting riled up um and i love that at the end tiger goes that was a cover <laughs> yeah, that was a cover <laughs> Yeah, and it's so cool, too, whenever they're doing that. Like, everybody gets pissed off, and they're spitting at him and throwing beer bottles, and, mm-hmm. like, Tiger's up there dodging the beer bottles as he's, like, singing the song. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, but then they, like... Then they go into their, Coronary. Yeah, Coronary, which... That song best is fucking track. hard. <laughs> That's their best fucking song on the whole thing. Uh, and then that actually gets everybody vibing. So you get, like, a nice little slow motion thing of everybody moshing, having a good time, and then show's over. They're back in the green room. Uh, now, actually, they go backstage oh, and their right. shit's out in the hall. And they're like, what happened to Fire Code? And Gabe's like, uh, well, we had to make room for the headliner. The headliner is a house band. And one of the guys spitting is a member of the band. And he'd been arrested previously. His name is Worm. Yeah. The band is named Cowcatcher. Uh, Cowcatcher. Yes. Yeah. Which um, yeah. I'm I'm scared to see if that has some other kind of meaning. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I don't want to Google it. No. <laughs> so um. Yeah. They start to leave, and then Sam realizes that she left her phone in yeah. the green room. So Pat's like, "Okay, Sam, I'll go get it." Is like me, like needing to charge her phone every opportunity yeah. she gets because my battery <laughs> doesn't last for shit. <laughs> yeah. So Pat runs in there to go grab it and uh, walks into the green room and stumbles upon a murder scene. Yeah. So the band is back there, but also Amber and then the body of a woman we learn is named Emily and she's got a knife sticking out of her head and um, Amber says, call the police. So Pat runs out and he's calling 911, but they manage to get a hold of him, hang up the call and they all get pushed into the green room and big Justin is like, how hard is it to lock the door? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they made that call. He managed to at least report the stabbing part. Yeah. So 911 calls back. Gabe is there. He's got the phone. He's trying to take control of the situation. So he takes the call pretending to be him. And, and they're uh, like, we can't stay here. And he goes, we're not keeping you. You're just saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Um. So 911 calls them back. Um, and he's like, yes, we got hung up. Um, I was calling a report of stabbing. So he goes out to this trailer and he checks out $600. And the guy's like, you just checked out 350 And he goes, well, there was an incident. Um, so he takes these two twins, has them stab each other. And that's going to be what the police see when they come up and i fucking love this cop because she gets out there she has no patience for these motherfuckers Mm -hmm. like she's like okay cool both of you all get down on your knees like you guys are going like i know what this location is Mm -hmm. see the other thing about this is that they're like they were so well prepared for this they had this planned he goes this knife is an inch short for a felony charge like yeah (gasps) i'll keep your all's money you know we use it as like layaway type shit yeah Uh, darcy also arrives during Mm -hmm. all this um Cowcatcher is about to leave, but uh, Worm asks them, "What was your second to last song?" Yeah, Toxic Evolution. He goes, "Heavy shit, man. That's what I did her to," and they're just like, 
That's the worst compliment we've ever received. I know, right? God, that would ruin that song. I'd be like, I can't play this song anymore. Yeah, anyway. no kidding. Yeah. Um, Big Justin gives them a very brief pedantic firearms lesson <laughs> yeah. about the difference between bullets and cartridges. Um, Which is informative for us who don't yeah. really know shit about guns. Yeah. Like, just giant-ass bullets for a giant-ass man. Um, Darcy is concerned about people knowing where the band is um and gabe is like well i already checked his phone it's just like text from daniel's cousin and he's like okay so did you not consider the fact that maybe they had other stops on their tour like you can tell gabe is like trying his best but he's just really bad at his job not only that but they also played (laughs) to the whole crowd there so everybody saw them Mm -hmm. perform so Mm -hmm. they have so many witnesses so he's like we're gonna have to find a way to frame them perhaps for trespassing or something else yeah and they're doing all this like discussing this while Mm -hmm. searching the van and then he stumbles upon their siphoning kit yeah and he's like aha yep so gabe tells big justin to give them the gun and he's like no and darcy's like it's okay justin he goes why did you fucking say dustin (laughs) darcy's here you can see, like, he shits his pants whenever Darcy's He's like, give him the gun. He's like, oh, God damn it, come again. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I thought it was just Gabe being dumb again. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I just told you they tried to run at me. <laughs> so, uh, like, during this whole thing, Reese is slowly sneaking up behind him. Mm-hmm. So they get the gun, and then whenever he passes over the gun, Reese gets him in, like, a chokehold, and then he wrestles yeah. him and gets him into, like, an arm bar. Okay. So he's like, yeah, he's, like, threatening to break his arm if he yeah. doesn't cooperate. Mm-hmm. So Pat uh, says that he is that they are going to only open the door for cops. Um, and on the outside, Darcy is like, you know, Gabe's like, what do we think? What's our next move? And Darcy goes, well, I think they're a lot smarter than you. And he like takes his hand, shoves his face, <laughs> like, boom, right into the wall. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is exactly the correct role for Macon Blair. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's funny. He's like, okay, you can be in the movie, but you're going to be Patrick Stewart's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Darcy gets Clark, says uh, he needs to go ahead and get his dogs. Um. That's how they're going to try and get the band handled. And he gets Daniel, and he says, I need you to assemble four men, red laces only. The... Ain't rights are looking for ways out, and they're also looking for weapons, and they're looking for phones. I like that they they have uh, Big Tom Segura guy. Like he's like, all right, you're gonna sit crisscross applesauce. So they yeah. make him sit up against the couch, and they're holding the gun on him now. I find that terminology kind of really important because there is a more problematic way that that way of seating used to be referred to as yeah. and i feel like it's very intentional to like say it the right crisscross way. applesauce yeah, criss-cross instead applesauce. of the other way that i'm not going to say right now yeah he's like um, all right say it bitch yeah uh so they find a napkin in emily's pocket that says fleischwolf and they're doing their best to figure out what that means but they don't really know amber knows amber reveals later what it means but she hears this whole conversation she has not decided whose side she's on yeah she's pissed at them because they're being so rude anytime she speaks up sam's like you don't fucking get to say anything yeah (laughs) she just like shuts her down every single time i would be pissed off too and then they make big justin empty his pockets um 
and he tries to be sneaky and they're like no you need to turn out all your pockets and he had a box cutter so that was the right call smart um and then he also had a cell phone which he breaks before he throws to the ground that was which, a risky move dude yeah i mean if he like i guess it's the right one because if they get that they're fucked yeah. Yeah. Well, because he still, here's the thing. He still has the cartridges from the gun. Mm-hmm. They have an empty gun. That was kind of their compromise. Yeah. Which I thought was funny because Gabe was like, you can take the bullets out. And this was immediately after his lesson on the differences between cartridges and bullets. <laughs> yeah. So, like, imagine if he was like going to tell Darcy or Gabe, he's like, actually, they're cartridges. Yeah. Gives him the whole lesson <laughs> on that. The power gets cut. Amber pulls out her Zippo. And then she starts talking about this is where we kind of get like a little bit of side conversation between her and Pat where. Yeah. She's like, he's yeah. like, how do you even get started as a Nazi? And she's like, I'm not a Nazi. And he's like, okay, but you literally are like, yeah, that's what these people here are. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I, I would like to hear what she has to say, but like, seriously, she was affiliated with them. Like they know her there like all the people know her they literally use cult tactics to bring people in like that's literally what they did you know she mentioned that some stuff happened to her and they preyed on that vulnerability and brought her in and brainwashed her basically yeah um so darcy has gone on the stage blames the power outage for clearing everybody out yeah, and he's like, uh, come back tomorrow, free drinks till one, hell, make you till two, yeah. whatever. And he mentions the racial workshop thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, then he goes and gets some drugs. Yeah, because, yeah, Cowcatcher has to leave, and they're like, how are we going to, you know, make sure they don't tell anybody? And uh, he's like, well, well, we'll give them some drugs and have them hide up for a couple of days. It's stamped with a different group's logo. So if they get caught with it, it'll be traced back to that group instead of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, so they give them those drugs and send it on their way. Yeah. Um, so um, let's see. He talks to the eight rights through the door, says that the gun is unregistered. So he couldn't have the cops come in and talk to him because he's like, that's a problem. Obviously, it's going to get everybody in trouble, yeah. silly. So we, we got, yeah. So he like threatens to frame them if they don't cooperate. Yeah. He's like, you know, suppose how it looks on my end. Say we've got a band that comes in here and maybe they start causing trouble and maybe I use my rights and, you know, things get a little bit mm-hmm. messy and they're found with an unregistered <laughs> firearm. I love Pat's reaction. He's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Man. <laughs> like, that's such bullshit. Um, so they try to negotiate for a phone and Darcy says, nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like how he like, he's like, ha, ah, funny. Yeah, that's not going to happen. He's like, but give me the gun and they can't figure out any other way out of this. So they say, okay, but they put Justin in that hold again. Um, and then as Pat is like handing out the gun so like amber's peeking through like this little ventilation which got busted during the initial mm-hmm. fight with uh, reese and the uh, justin yeah so she can kind of see out there and as the door opens just a little bit just as pat's getting his arm out she sees the red laces mm-hmm. and she was like no they're gonna kill us and um because pat didn't just throw the gun because darcy was like careful it's a gift just sticks his arm out there and then they grab his arm trying to yank it he's holding on to the gun not letting go but they have like machete, so they're chopping at his arm the entire time. They have his arm cut almost. They have his hand cut almost all the way off. I like Tiger though. He like ran and grabbed like a metal bar or some shit, and he started just bashing him with it. Mm-hmm. Like they, he had good backup, but yeah, that reveal when he reels his 
arm back in and it's just barely hanging and on. his screaming man oh it makes my forearms cry oh <laughs> it's so gnarly man so um yeah they're all panicked they're freaking out they realize that shit's not going well um tiger goes over there to help pat you know comfort him because he's freaking out he's in yeah. shock and uh Reese breaks Justin's arm. He gets up, but then Reese manages to get him back down on the ground and puts him in a hold that puts him to sleep. And then he wakes back up and he puts him back to sleep. And Sam's like, how long does it take till we know for sure? And then Amber just takes the box cutter. And it's like a zipper. The effects in this are really effective because like you see the skin, the fat, the muscle, like they put all of that into such a quick shot. It's weird seeing it happen so smoothly, though. It's just like just so fast i also like that justin broke his arm because it's like you fucked our boy's arm up we're gonna fuck his mm-hmm. arm up yeah so outside they say something like daniel doesn't know what the whole situation is and they're like oh um the visiting band killed emily and he didn't realize emily was the one that was dead in there yeah and he's also by the way like when they first called him he was sitting in the car and it was running like he was ready to like go yeah he was waiting for emily um so inside the green room the band is trying to break through the floor because they can see a light coming up through the floorboards and they're thinking maybe they have a way out so once they get through it's just like a it's basically like a storage cellar it's a drug lab because you can find i thought it was a drug lab where they were like making their drugs because you see like the packages of heroin down there i think that's just more where they're storing it okay it could be um, and the like, the only way out is locked from the outside. So yeah, there's like a ladder. That yeah, leads up to a door. So, but while he's down there, Tiger grabs the duct tape and takes it up there to tape Pat's arm. So yeah. at least his hand doesn't rip off the rest of the way. Yeah. So they're preparing to go out, grabbing some weapons and shit. And then Pat decides while he's getting ta- taped up to try and give everybody a pep talk. So he tells them the story of old Rick Silva, uh, paintball legend. And he and them, they were kids, I guess, and they were out there playing. No, paintball. they weren't kids. They weren't. No, it was like for, um, what did they say, Skato's bachelor party? Okay, well, okay, bachelor party. They're adults, and they're out there playing against some ex marine dudes. Yeah, like actually like Iraq vets is what he says. Yeah. So, um, and that's like a thing too that I've read about. They they call them gravy seals, where it's like people that like pretend to be actual military, but they do it through paintball and like airsoft and stuff. No, I think these are like these actual, are actual vets yeah. that also just play paintball. I'm for just fun. saying, paintball apparently is super serious sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like wiping them out. They're super good. So then Rick Silva decides to just go for it, go crazy, and go. Well, no, we don't hear all of this because Reese oh, is like, right. "Are you done? We gotta go." It's like, "Sorry, buddy, we gotta go." <laughs> and he's like, "Now we probably won't all live, but maybe we won't all die." Ah, oh, man, that sucks, dude. That's like, like that, that's the thing. Like when like saying that that resonates with you. Like shit. Like just like going out there and not knowing if you're gonna make it or if any of your friends are gonna make it is tough. Yeah, for real. Um, and then they say, and Sam says, "Fuck it, Simon and Garfunkel." That's my Desert Island band. Uh, yeah, we get the real Desert Island bands here. Okay. Um, Reese's is Prince. Yeah. Tigers is still misfit. Still misfit. He's and true. Amber's is Madonna and Slayer. Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay, so they run out. They run out, and I like the strategy of like as soon as they open the door, they throw a bottle. Through. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bottle. It's um, one oh, of those. Light. It's a light bulb. Yeah, yeah, yeah fluorescent right. light bulb. Yeah. Um. So they go running. 
Um, a dog immediately gets tiger and like basically chews up his throat. Reese. So, sorry, just oh. to talk about that. That was like a whole thing about um, that guy, that Mike Marino dude. He made like, that was a puppet they did. So yeah, they like made like a half dog puppet and did that. Yeah, so. and I guarantee the neck prosthetic was like latex and flower. Yeah, um, um, he was talking about the scene. They, so they like they spent a lot of time on it, and apparently they got shots that were way gorier than this. He called it chunkier. Ooh. Yeah, but he chose to not go for that because he wanted the gore to be like more reserved. That way, it's not like a it's, big spectacle. Yeah, that's not your takeaway. It's not lingering on that. Yeah, but it's gnarly. Yeah. Um, Reese climbs through a window. It gets immediately shanked as soon as he falls out. Yeah. Well, and he went head first, which is a risky move. Um, He was fucked no matter what. Yeah. Like, that guy had the pounce on him. Yeah. I feel like that was that kid's first kill because he's so in shock after he stabs him. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Amber is attacked by a dog, but she takes a microphone and puts it up against a speaker to get feedback, and it upsets the dog. So Sam, Pat, and Amber get back to the grain room, and they realize that the note on the napkin is a song from Cowcatcher's set. Yeah, Fish uh, Wolf. Yeah, which Meat Amber, Grinder. Yeah, translates to Meat Grinder. Um, Jonathan and Daniel are going in. They get into the green room because they the dogs can't be in there right now because of the feedback. So yeah. they got to go in, kill the feedback, see if they can get the rest of these before the dogs are sent back in, um, if they need to be sent back in. Yeah. And when they get into the green room, Daniel says, where is she? Um, or no, says to Amber, which one did it? And Amber's like, Worm did it. And he goes, what? No. And she's like, what did they tell you? <laughs> and she's like, Worm found out Emily was leaving. Only she didn't say it was with you. So they just got mad because they thought that she she was leaving like just the whole Nazi thing. Mm-hmm. So they're like, OK, if you're not going to be with us, you're dead. Yeah. It's a cult. It's a yeah. dangerous cult. But you think they would have been cool if they realized that they were going with him? Because whenever, I no. guess, yeah, because Darcy, like, Darcy didn't realize that, that Emily, that he and Emily were together. Gabe kind of knew. Yeah. So that's the reason. Because like earlier, Darcy had been like, "Let's put Daniel on the door," and Gabe's like, "I don't think that's the right spot for him." And Darcy's like, "Why did you think that?" Because this conversation's happening right now. Yeah. And Gabe's like, "It's nothing concrete. It's just you know him and Emily." And Darcy's like, hmm. So they go over to Daniel's car and they open the trunk. And not only do they find like these bags packed, pictures of Daniel and Emily together, but they also find a wrapped baseball bat that was from last Easter. Hmm. Presumably, this is what Worm was in jail for. Um, Hmm. Yeah. So it's like evidence he was going to take it to the cops, we assume, and just bust them. Yep. And he's like, oh, wow. Worm wasn't an idiot after all. Yeah. (laughs) Except he kind of was. He just kind of happened to save them in that case yeah and he he's very happy with gabe he's like oh shit i killed worm (laughs) fuck um at this point jonathan has come out and says that um confirms that daniel yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so daniel is like i'm gonna help you guys since uh if they didn't realize i was leaving before they know now um he's like we've got a gun under the bar so that's what they go out to get except oh the bad guys realize that at the same time. That's such a jump scare, dude. Like I know. you think you're expecting him to get it, and then as he's reaching for it, it's just psh, and yeah. then half of his face is blown off. Yeah. Pat stabs the shooter, and then Pat 
Amber and Sam run, but Sam gets bit by a dog. Oh, and they take so, the shotgun too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pat and Amber get back into the green room and she asks for the rest of the Rick Silva pep talk. Yeah. Which is. <laughs> I like that she's genuinely interested. Like, I feel like they've given up at this point. So. Yeah. She's just like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically the rest of the Rick Silva pep talk is that like they're on their last match. They've been just obliterated by this other team and rick's like we're just gonna go out balls to the wall we're not gonna care yeah so and then rick silva annihilates the entire team mm -hmm. hero so gabe gets his red laces um and then he's like and you should probably ask what's his face to start looking for a new house band and gabe's like why it's always been cow catching he goes well i have a feeling um that you know, we might need a backup. I've heard that this other group's dope lately has been heard some bad laced. batches out there. Yeah, yeah. So, so he killed his own med basically mm -hmm. to contain this. <laughs> yup. Um. Okay. So Pat and Amber have been inspired by the paintball story, so mm -hmm. they come up with an idea. Um, Darcy has Quark say goodbye to his dogs because he's ordered them to go in there and finish the job. Mm-hmm. But they need two more of their people to go in there to get the feedback killed. Yeah. So, no. No, three of them. They got Gabe. No, and they've they already killed the feedback. They're telling the other two to go in. No. Okay. Well, they go in there, and then, like, when they go in there, Gabe's like, the feedback's not coming from our system. Like, you have to go into the green room to kill that mix of it. Because they have it going back there, too. So they go in, and they see Pat, and he's shaved his head and colored on his face with Sharpie. Yeah. And um, he jumps down into the hole in the basement and. Um, it's got like a machete. He's making mm -hmm. a big distraction, just banging around shit, pretending like he's fighting somebody or something. Like yeah. He's just confusing them, throwing them off. And the two are like, what do we do? And they're like, well, I'm not going to tell Darcy that we can't do this. Because yeah. <laughs> they like, the guy had like a line. He's like, all right, how many bullets you guys? Like three. He's like, all right, that's two more. You got that's one extra. one extra. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. So they got to get it. So, um. One of them volunteers to hop down there to take out Pat while the other stays up top. And then while that happens, you see Amber in the she, background. She's hiding underneath the couch. In the she, couch, like Frank. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> and she ends up sliding out and she slices the upstairs guy's throat yeah. and pushes his body down in there. And She does like the most killing in this movie. She, she really does. Like, everybody. And uh, the guy like sh tries to shoot at her, and so she's like, "Pat, he has two shots left." And basically, she's trying to bait him into shooting. Mm -hmm. um, she does a good job too. So she like, I like her idea of taking the fire extinguisher and creating like a smoke screen, and mm -hmm. then trying to drop the other dude's body. He doesn't yeah. fall for it, but then she does the same thing with Emily's body because mm -hmm. it's got girly leg like legs. Yeah, and he wastes one of the shots on that, and then. He goes to focus on Pat instead. But he ends up getting killed too. Yeah, he like wastes a shot there and then yeah, they die. Well, actually, she jumps down with the handgun and executes him. Yeah. Boom. Um, so they climb back up and Gabe's up there and they 
easily convince him to uh gave a shit in his pants. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm folding. He's like. the world's easiest hostage. He's like, I don't want to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they like it's morning time now. They are marching him through the woods. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine the amount of adrenaline going through Pat's system because he's been up for over twenty four hours and his arm is falling off. Yeah, yeah. He's been through a lot. Like I can all like I think about that and I can almost like conjure up the amount of exhaustion he must be feeling. Yeah. So they lead him up to the road, make him promise to go to the cops or else they'll find him and kill him. And he believes it. So he wanders off on his own. Um, They hear gunshots out in the distance. Mm -hmm. So they go follow where the sound is. And she, um, Amber, realizes that it's towards Darcy's place. And she's Mm -hmm. like, if we go there, we can use the phone and call the cops. So they go up there and they find their band van mm-hmm. and they see where they're starting to stage the scene where they yeah. like are another at no truck trespassing yeah place. no trespassing they've got another truck that they're putting like the siphoning stuff up mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of sneak up on the two that are setting up the stuff and march them over to darcy and they've basically got everybody at gunpoint yeah and he's like by the way that rag is for creating a seal. We wouldn't have done it like that. Yeah, I like how he like critiques them. Mm-hmm. You would think that they would know how to siphon gas, right? I was like, that's prop. You know what? That's my one bad for the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like definitely, they would know. How seems to do like that. he would know. Yeah. So, um, Darcy like does a cool power move and just like turns around and speed walks away while he makes the other two dudes mm-hmm. sacrifice their life. They lose. They get shot, and then they start shooting at Darcy, but he re- like turns fire. It's like a whole shootout, but then he ends up getting shot in the head. He yeah. Did. Um, and we also cut like see inside a house cowcatcher has overdosed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, He's Tad like, is vacuuming. Oh yeah, we yeah we get the Tad vacuuming. Yeah, and then, I like how we cut back to like some piece. Like, yeah, you know, like the good punk just he, out there, you know, just vacuuming. Poor guy doesn't know his cousin's dead yet. Yeah. Oh shit, I forgot about that. And then we see this poor sad dog. Crawl up next to Clark's dead body. Guy did not deserve that. That dog deserved so much better than him. Yeah. I hope I hope that dog can get rehabbed. I uh, I hope he goes to a rescue and he gets rehabbed. That dog's dying. That they gave the dog a shot. It's got a certain amount of time to live. It died with him there. Oh shit! You never realized no! that. No, god yeah. damn it! Yeah, it dies there. Yeah, that's what they had to do because once they like kill somebody, I think like it gets a taste for like human blood or something. I don't know. Just the way that they train them, they're fucked up people. Um, god damn it! I'm sorry to ruin that for you. <laughs> um, okay, so Pat and Amber are resting by the van, and uh, Pat's ready to tell he says her that. what his desert island band is. <laughs> and she says, he goes, "I finally, I know what it is. I know what my desert island band is." And she says, "Tell it to somebody who gives a shit." <laughs> and then it cuts to black. Clear credence. <laughs> Wait, clear credence. Water revival. No. Clear water credence revival. Nope. Clear credence water revival. Clear credence revival. No. Clear water credence revival. No. Credence clear water revival. There you go. <laughs> okay. God damn. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I nailed it too at the beginning of this episode. I know. Episode. I was so proud of you. I thought we'd moved on from this. I thought I had to. That was a relapse right there. That Jesus. <laughs> Okay, so that's the movie. That's how it ends. All right, Jesse. Still a 10. Still a 10. Yep. Still a 10. Absolutely. It's just, oh, as dark and ugly as it is, 
it's just a good movie, man. It's such a good movie. It's that's the type of movie you're getting yeah. into. You know, you're gonna get into something ugly and dark whenever you hit play on this. So, okay, what did Talia think of it? Um, well, she farted a lot and she showed off her belly a lot, so she was spooked, but also feeling it. Yeah, got some good dog horror in there too for. Her. So it's a nine automatic point deduction for dog death. Okay, that's fair. Um. Zoe was on the couch for the first little bit, and then um, we paused about 30 minutes in to feed them dinner, and she didn't come back. Yeah, she just kind of didn't feel it. Yeah. She just, just watched it before. It's, yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Who did you relate to? Mm, honestly, probably Sam, like, yeah. <laughs> worrying about the phone bill. and. <laughs> okay. Um. Man, who did I relate to? Oh, and also picking Simon and Garfunkel as a Desert Island band. Not that they'd be my Desert Island band, but I do like some Simon and Garfunkel. Um, yeah, okay. I um, I think I'll. I don't know, man. Like this is a tough one because I don't necessarily relate to a lot of them. But I'll go if we're doing band relations. I just recently got into the Misfits, so I'll go with uh, Tiger. Okay. Yeah. Which leads us to a very special segment we're doing on this episode. Um, what's oh, your yeah. Desert Island band? Desert Island band. All right. Okay. Um, are we doing one or two? Because they do. Uh, two. I think we can do two. Okay. I think we can do two. My first one is The Strokes. I was going to say Definitely. The Strokes for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, is that one of yours too? Or No. Oh, I just okay. I knew it was for you. I'm trying to think. Like I'm blanking on bands I like. See, it's a tough question. It really honestly. is. Yeah, it it's really, really is. Um, I'd say one of them probably. Oh God. See, it's so tricky. See, um, the thing is, like, you want to get variety, right? You don't want to like yeah. be hearing the same shit over and over. Exactly. Like, I want a band that's got like a lot of, a lot of like variety to i'd probably say los campesinos is one of them just because they've got albums that i listen to in every kind of mood okay um that's a good one um all right my second one i'd go with beck for that variety because you get a lot of different stuff with them god for me my second one Oh my god! I'm like I'm going through my like liked songs Come right on, now dude. to you, see. You. I it's know. A gut feeling. Come on. I know. I my gut doesn't remember the names of any bands right now. Mm. Um. Oh god. Um. That probably Everclear. Like I'm throwing. I can those, see that. Yeah, that one's like a throwback. Like I used to listen to them all the time. Still listen to them very regularly. They've got a shit ton of albums with a variety of styles. So I think that'd be a good one. Yeah. I mean, I know that that one has a big impact on you. Yeah. So that's a good one for you for sure. Okay, cool. Um, okay. Dream sequel. How would you do a sequel to green room? Okay. So um, we, we got I, Pat okay. and Amber still. Yeah. I want to see like, I want to know what happens with Tad. Yeah, okay. So, so maybe Pat goes to tell Tad what happens. And um, maybe Amber becomes like a school speaker, talks about how she like became unbrainwashed. I could see, if you want to continue it, I could see 
them not wanting to get involved with the cops because they've already sent Gabe to go deal with that. And they've killed some people, so they just want to leave and be gone. So the closest contact that they have is Ted. So they go back there to go inform him. And here's the thing, too. Worm, like, we saw him when we saw the other members of Cowcatcher dead. Like, he was kind of staring off into the distance, but he looked like he was still alive. So maybe he didn't die. Yeah. So he realizes that shit's going down. Um, They go back to Tad's. Tad is now on the radar because they know that Tad sent him there. Mm. I guess there's like maybe a successor to Darcy. Somebody like yeah. rises up to the top and takes his place. Maybe um, James McAvoy. <laughs> <laughs> I could see, you know what? If somebody was going to do that, I could see it being James McAvoy. I could see it being him. Yeah. I mean, obvious Professor X relation, but I think he has that range. And, um, yeah, they chase him there and it kind of continues through Oregon, maybe like a cross country thing where they're like chasing them across all the way to DC. Okay. All right, cool. Arlington. Arlington. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, new tagline. Um, honestly, mm. I feel like the tagline for this could be Nazi punks. Fuck off. I was going to say, uh, punks not dead, but these punks might be. <laughs> Oh, I like that. <laughs> that's actually really good, dude. Thank you. That's like two I'm, in a row. I know. I'm firing on all cylinders today. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Shit. It's okay. that calisthenics I'm doing. It's getting that blood up in <laughs> my brain. brain yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So I got an internet review. Okay. So obviously, this yeah. is going to be one of somebody that hates it. Yeah. But uh, let's find out what they don't like about it. Yeah. Get a perspective. So. I went with a user submitted one on IMDb. One out of 10 titled Utterly Absurd, Unrealistic Plot. This was back in October of 2016. Um, Out of an interesting premise, the producers have realized one of the worst movies I've seen in years, and I am used to watching bad flicks and scores. The plot is devoid of the slightest common sense as it is full of scenes leading to nothing. There is not a single action performed by the bad guys that makes any sense at all they take the decision to kill the rockers yet they don't do so when they have any easy chance after that instead of doing the obvious thing and mount a concerted assault they start sending in one or two guys at a time just to let the movie drag on a little longer these guys behave in a totally unrealistic illogical manner they even forget to set a watch at the door of the green room where the rocker band is trapped and let them in another unlikely turn, we see suddenly discover that one of the Nazi skins sent to grease the rockers is in fact a traitor who starts helping them out of the blue. He gets immediately killed by another assaulter who instead of keeping or instead of keep firing starts bragging some stupid shit, giving the rockers the time to kill him in return. I'm used to foolish films, yet this one's stupidity succeeded in the arduous task of amazing me at every silly unturn of its preposterous unplot. I think this is a person that just missed a lot of the details. I think so, too. like, they were only setting in a couple at a time because they were trying to minimize the amount of evidence and cleanup. Like, that's why they didn't use guns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what he, like... He emphasizes that a lot. Darcy does this character when he's talking to Gabe about it, he's like, we got to keep this small scale and not let anybody involved. Daniel's the reason that they're there because he talked to his cousin 
who he's going to stay with, the whole reason Emily was killed was because she was leaving. Like, and it wasn't all of that blue. makes sense. Yeah, like, like, it was planted way before that he was planning to leave. Like, yeah. the details there. Like, I, I really think this is just somebody that maybe needs like a second watch. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I guess like I would understand if you didn't really care about the set pieces, like the scenes or like any of the tension in the movie, if you didn't find it tense. But like, it doesn't really sound like that's their complaint. Yeah, their complaint sounds... is that they, you know, they just don't really understand the decisions. Here's the thing. Like I said, there are details that I pick up every single time. Like I could have lived the rest of my life not realizing that the dog was murdered. Um, yeah, Travis. Again, I'm sorry for revealing that. I thought that that was clear. <laughs> um, they, there's a whole scene where they give him a shot. I didn't know what that shot was. We give Talia a shot every week, and she's so alive right now. Yeah, she's barking. I'm sure you guys. Can hear <laughs> <that right now. laughs> so yeah, that was my naivety. Um, but like. I don't know. Some people like maybe you just you go into a movie like this not expecting to have to pay attention, which is fine and fair if that's the type of thing you like. And I totally get it. Like I think some people this movie might not be for you. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're like if you go to horror and you're just wanting to turn your brain off, this might not be one because like, there's so much going on. Yeah. Not only is there so much going on, you're also forced to confront some very ugly social truths. True. Yeah. Um, which is that people like these do exist. Yeah. This is a. Uh, in portland too which yeah. is weird like you know people would I, I wonder if people think that it's unrealistic because it's portland but like i hear no. that portland actually has yeah an you've those. got or to oregon. be careful in portland or just oregon in general i think but you know it's a problem everywhere it's not unique to one location yeah um okay so we maybe, have a ton of you know, listener reviews we do we got a lot of those here so let's go ahead and jump into those okay so First one I have from Instagram is Cube Saves. He says, one of the most brutally effective scary movies out there. Mm-hmm. It is brutal in a lot of ways, and it is effective. I like, agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Aquile Boob says, that shit was intense. I never knew about the whole red laces thing before this movie. The idea of being in wrong place at the wrong time, to me, is just sickening sometimes. And this movie lived up to that fear. Rest in peace to Anton, man. Such a talent gone way too soon. Yes. Yeah. It's um, Anton. It's unfortunate not to have him, but yeah, yeah, this right here, I guess it is kind of informative to people if they aren't really aware of like what all goes down there. I guess it's kind of cool to have that like firsthand experience injected into the film. Like Mm -hmm. you can get like the gritty details of like, you know, learning their whole system as icky as it is. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Movies for days says... An excellent flick, grounded, cruel, detailed, and brilliantly paced. Great performances from all throughout. Consistent tone, innovative scope, and a damn fine production design. Picard versus Chekhov. Fuck yeah. So okay. Chekhov, I guess that's Anton. <laughs> yeah, that's his character in um, Star Trek. Okay. Podcast in the Woods says, Metal as fuck. One savage, compelling, and satisfying white-knuckle experience. How dare you call this movie metal when they are clearly punk? I know. <laughs> it's funny, though. <laughs> okay, Michael E. Howard says, As a fan of single-location movies, this one is a great use of small space. The cast is great. Patrick Stewart's Calm Evil is a high point for me. The atmospheric background music adds an ominous feel, knocking off one point for dog violence. LOL. This is a 9 out of 10 for me. All right. So he's got the Talia. He's got the Talia rating system, yeah. and I appreciate it. That is cool, yeah. So you guys are in agreement there. 
Chad says, yes, super intense movie, and you got to love any flick where fascists get dead. Yes. Nazi punks, fuck off. It should be legal to punch Nazis. I feel like it should be, too. I, you know, sometimes when I'm really sad about the world, I watch compilations of Nazis getting punched in the face. Do you really? Yes. It's satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good feeling. (laughs) All right. That's it for our listener reviews. All Uh, right. All right. Thank you guys for submitting those. We always appreciate having that. Um, I'm glad that we talked about this movie. I am too. Happy birthday, baby. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so we kind of know what our schedule is going to be this month. We haven't fully stated it yet, but I think you know what your next movie is going to be, right? Yeah, but you don't know. Did you change it? I changed it. Oh, shit. What's it going to be? Well, I felt inspired by Megan Blair <laughs> and our discussion of Jill earlier. So we're going to talk about The Hunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I am excited for that. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Okay, where can people watch it? Um. Okay, so bear in mind, we're recording this at the end of July, so this could very easily change at the beginning of the month, depending on what rights are up. Um. So as always, you can check us on our social media to see yeah. what um the updated list is as of next week. I guess this weekend. Yeah, next weekend. weekend from today's perspective. Yeah, it is currently August for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, currently, it's available for streaming on Peacock, or you can rent it from Prime, YouTube, Google Play, Redbox, or Vudu. If you like fight scenes, or even if you don't like fight scenes, because I'm not crazy about like a ton of intense fight scenes, this is one of the best choreographed fight scenes. Yeah. Um, also, if you like our It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia references, or if you don't like them, we're going to have a lot of them because we get Dennis in this movie. Yeah. 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 So, and he's a decent part of it. So. Yes. But yeah, I'm excited. I love this movie. Yes. Um, we actually, we found it at Half Price Books. Yeah. So we own it and we've watched it several times because yeah. um, it was, this was actually, fun fact, um, March... 11th 2020 we went to go see a show at a local venue and that was the last concert that they had on the tour because all the rest of their stuff got canceled Mm -hmm. um we made a long weekend of that weekend and that friday the 13th we went and saw the hunt in theaters on a matinee and then um that was the last movie we saw in theaters until May of 2021. The next day, the world shut down. Yes. The next day, Andy started having his daily five o'clock briefings. Mm -hmm. Him and Virginia, rest in peace to her as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Yes. But if you want to listen to us talk about it first, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, We'll be back on next week. But um, in the meantime, you can find us on social media. Mm Mm-hmm. We are on Twitter at, and it's Twitter. I'm not going to call it the other thing. Um, oh. Yeah. And, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> we're Least Fave Pod on Instagram and Threads. Uh, least Favorite Scary Movie Podcast. Facebook, What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie? Websites, What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie.com. Um, we have a Patreon mm-hmm. where we just released our bonus episode this past weekend on 
the Friday the 13th fan film Never High Colon. We also just put out a poll for what our August movie is going to be. So oh, they yeah. got a vote between two of, um, actually two past movies that didn't get picked. So yeah. um, you can be a part of voting for that if you want to join. But we do want to shout out all of our Patreons. We've got Eric and Patreons, all of our patrons. Yes. We've got Eric and Vivi of Shaken Not Scared. Mm-hmm. Joe, Freakatron. as is his name. Amber and Michael. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And uh, like we said earlier, thanks to you guys, we have some new equipment here. Yeah, but um, if you do not want to or cannot at this time support us financially, that is completely okay. You can show your support in other ways, such as liking the show, following the show, subscribing to us, rating us, reviewing us. It makes a big difference mm-hmm. because it uh, the internet does internet math. It likes um, points. It mm-hmm. likes when yeah. we, you know, we... we yeah, we yeah. like points too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I think that's it for this week. That's it. All right, until next time. Bye. Bye. What were you going to say? Um, That's it. Oh, okay.